On January the 8th, the eyes of the world turned to Brazil as hordes of far-right supporters of former President Jair Bolsonaro stormed and vandalised the buildings that house the Brazilian Supreme Court, Congress and the Presidential Palace. They were protesting the results of the presidential election from a few months earlier, in which Bolsonaro lost to President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva by a narrow margin. They claimed the vote had been rigged, despite a complete lack of evidence. The government's response to the riot was swift, arresting more than 1,400 people on the scene and launching a federal intervention into the security apparatus of the capital, Brasilia. And there were also calls to open a congressional inquiry to investigate the riot, but the Lula government quickly warned against such a move, preferring that investigations be handled by prosecutors and courts and not in the political theatre that is Congress. Congressional inquiries, commonly referred to as CPIs in Brazil, make up for their limited powers with their very public nature, being more suited to political point scoring than actual accountability. My name's Ewan Marshall, Deputy Editor of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. In Brasilia, the heart of Brazil's political power, it's often said that everyone knows how a congressional inquiry starts, but you never know how it's going to end. The Lula government was keen to avoid that uncertainty, especially given its ambitious agenda for this year. But recent developments have made the inquiry into the January 8th riots unavoidable, and the hearings committee is bound to be set up later this Wednesday. To pick apart this thorny subject, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Brazilian Report's very own Mr. Brasilia, Sede Silva. How's it going, Sede? Uh, hello, you. I'm fine. Uh, thank you for having me. First off, at the top of the show, I explained why the government wasn't so keen on a congressional inquiry into the January 8th riots, preferring that the investigations be held in other spheres of power. But very quickly, we saw that the far right opposition was pushing for the inquiry. So why on earth would they want to do that? I mean, considering that they bear a large deal of the blame for the January 8th riots. Yeah, so the far right opposition, Chilula, they basically want to rewrite history. What they want to do is to have an official congressional committee so they can appear on television uh, dressed in suits, everything very looking very official, and having that broadcast, having clips of that inquiry uh, broadcast over Telegram and WhatsApp um, to help agitate their base against the Lula administration and gaslight the public about what happened. They want to mislead the public and they want to prove that actually um, the Lula administration uh, is completely responsible for the riots and that the riot was actually a plan by the left uh, rather than what it actually very publicly was, which was a coup attempt on part of Bolsonaro supporters. So their claim is that January the 8th was a peaceful protest and then the violence that we saw was all committed by these left-wing agent provocateurs, that's it? Uh, precisely, and that has been already happening uh, for a few months now. Um, a few days ago, um, a far-right commentator of uh, far-right media in Brazil, he posted a screenshot 
of uh, surveillance uh, video inside the presidential palace with a man uh, holding a flag, which is very obviously the flag of Rio Grande do Sul, which is Brazil's southernmost state. And the guy is saying, look, he's holding the flag of the landless movement. It is very clearly not the flag of the landless movement. It is very clearly the flag of the state of Rio Grande do Sul. But even so, uh, he was bold enough to do that because the truth and the facts and verifiable facts do not matter to them. They want to push this moral panic that the Lula administration and the left was actually the ones responsible for the January 8 riots. And why were they unable to launch an inquiry before now? Well, they weren't able to launch the inquiry so far because the Lula administration did not want it and they counted on the help of Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco. Uh, For some reason, which I have not been able so far to verify, the far-right opposition asked for a joint committee and not for a committee only in the House. Uh, And the thing with a joint committee is a joint committee is made of both senators and House members. But the thing is, in Brazil, the president of Congress is always the Senate president. And so to ask for a joint committee, you need permission from the Senate president. And the Senate president, Rodrigo Pacheco, is much closer to Lula than the House speaker is. And Rodrigo Pacheco has been lenient and complicit and helpful with with the Lula administration uh, in not using a, a Congress session, which only he can do, to read formally the request for the inquiry and so for the inquiry to be installed. And so this help of Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco is the reason why the committee has not been installed so far. Yeah, and so far being the operative phrase there, because as we mentioned at the start of the show, the inquiry now seems to be unavoidable. So Sede, what has changed in the last week? Yeah, what has changed is in the last week, um, CNN Brazil aired um, security footage, surveillance video inside the presidential palace on January 8th. And this security footage showed uh, the GSI minister, General Gonçalves Dias, inside the palace during the riots. Uh, the GSI minister is the minister um, that is responsible for presidential security, security of the president, and security of presidential facilities, such as the palace, uh, the, 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 the places where the president works and lives, and, and so on. And this footage showed uh, General Gonçalves Dias, who was appointed by Lula to be the, the head of security, and he was inside the riots, he was inside the palace during the riots, and apparently, from the surveillance footage, uh, he was sort of friendly to the rioters. He was not doing much. Uh, we had some uh, military personnel inside the palace who did not act during the riots, even though the general was there and he could order them to do something. And so because CNN Brazil aired this footage, Lula immediately on that same day, um, he, he fired the minister. And then the Lula administration took that opportunity of the footage uh, to further portray itself as the victim, because this is what the Lula administration is going to do. They're going to uh, try to argue that they were the victims, including by military personnel close to Lula, of an attempted coup on January 8th. 
And we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, but the joint inquiry is expected to be set up on Wednesday afternoon. So, you know, what happens after that? What are the next steps? Okay, so Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco, he has promised to finally read the request for the joint committee at a formal session of Congress on this Wednesday. And this is, this is a first formal step. The next step is for the parties to appoint members to the committee. This joint committee is expected to have 16 senators and 16 House members. And so the coalitions inside each of the chambers uh, is going to appoint people uh, to this committee and they will have uh, seats on this joint committee uh, in according to the proportion of their respective coalitions. Recently, the big center rent-seeking parties formed two large coalitions, uh, to, which will enable them to have more seats uh, in the House part of the of the Joint Committee. And so they will need to appoint the members and they will need to decide amongst themselves who is going to be president and rapporteur. So life has given the Lula government lemons and it's going to have to make lemonade. More on that after the break. I'd like to remind you that The Brazilian Report is funded by subscriptions and support from loyal readers, as well as subscribing to our website and getting exclusive daily content on Brazil and Latin America. You can also treat our staff to one to five cups of coffee a month. And in return, you'll get exclusive benefits like special newsletters, behind the scenes content, as well as a shout out here on our podcast. And today, I want to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas III, Louise Renz, Erwan, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Cars Vrieswick, Alistair Townsend, Peter Abramson, Jim Awofadeju, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, Jose Ozzy Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftach, Tonika Thompson, Anderson Da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffren, Anna Lund, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. If you too believe in the importance of independent journalism, and if you want to hear your name on our podcast, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian report and subscribe to one of our membership tiers. And if you can't make a monthly commitment, you can still tip us the occasional cup of coffee to give us the energy that we need to cover a country as complex as Brazil and a region as complex as Latin America. We appreciate all your support. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian report to find out more. So the Lola government is no longer able to try and stop the inquiry from happening and it's now forced to make the best of a bad situation, so to speak. Sede, what will be the government's strategy from here on out? Okay, so we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon and there is a lot of speculation in the press about uh, who the government and who the opposition is going to appoint to this committee. I do not want to comment on that because uh, commenting about the future and commenting about members, especially in Brasilia, is very risky. 
but what you're definitely going to do is you're going to appoint people uh, who will be f- more favorable to their respective strategies. So the Lula administration uh, wants to appoint people uh, that will be sort of co-headed and will try to to make their case uh, f- for the fact that the Lula administration was a victim of this attempted coup. And the opposition is going to appoint uh, the people that are more social media savvy, that have lots of followers, that are big digital influencers, because they want to make uh, the most noise as possible. Yeah, and as you pointed out, it's you know it's tricky to talk about the future, especially when we're already in the past. But the rumor mill at the moment suggests that the government's favorite for rapporteur would be Senator Henan Calleros, who was also the rapporteur for the famous COVID inquiry in 2021. So, you know, if that is true, what would he bring to the table? Yeah, Senator Renan Caleros is very experienced. He was Senate president several times, and he was the rapporteur of the COVID uh, select committee in the Senate in 2021, which caused a lot of damage to the Bolsonaro administration. So he played that role. But the Lula administration could also be picking a different senator because there's also an internal dispute between both Senate and House and also between Henan Caleros and House Speaker Artur Lira. Uh, both Senator Henan Caleros and the Speaker of the House, Artur Lira, are from the state of Alagoas. Uh, and they have an internal rivalry there. They have run um, elections against each other through their proxies, through their respective candidates, even though they have not yet uh, faced an election against each other for the same spot. So their political rivals in the state of Alagoas, Renan Calheiros is close to Lula. House Speaker Artur Lira was very close to Bolsonaro. And so there might be an opposition by Artur Lira and his colleagues of Hernan Calheiros getting um, uh, an influential position. So we will we, we still have to see who is going to be the rapporteur and the president. But what our listener needs to know is why these positions are important. So the president of a committee, he basically gets to set the pace. The president schedules the meetings. The president yields the floor to people who are going to speak. He organizes the agenda, and so uh, he has this this role as an agenda setter. The rapporteur is the one responsible for writing the final text, the final report of the committee, which are the committee's findings, which was uh, the, the committee's conclusions. And in the case of select committee, this can include indicting people for crimes, which is a very also a serious role. So these positions are very important, and both government and opposition uh, will be very careful in trying to pick people uh, who are if not favorable to them, at least it can cause the least damage. And Sede, you've already hinted at the importance of the other members of the select committee. I mean, we've got a lot of pro-Bolsonaro rookies in Congress this year, and they haven't exactly been impressive so far. I mean, we've had numerous instances of right-wing lawmakers trying to put seasoned pro-government politicians on the spot in, you know, committee hearings and things like that. And frankly, these inexperienced Bolsonaristas have just been eaten for breakfast so far. Yes, that I agree with you, and that is true, but that is not exactly important for them because uh, the truth is not important for the far right. So uh, in, a, in a recent exchange, for example, Congressman Andrei Belinsky, um, he attended a public hearing with Justice Minister Flavio Gino, and 
this congressman very matter-of-factly uh, just compare Lola to Hitler because uh, they're, they're both opposed uh, to the general populace having guns. And Justice Minister Flavogino was uh, very seriously um, corrected him, denied the comparison to Hitler, said this is not the case, you cannot be serious. And he, ma he made a, a very competent response. So what happened was this Congressman Bilizinski, um he tweeted about, he tweeted a headline of his, his exchange with Justice Minister Flavogino, where he just says that he compared Lula to Hitler. And that's it. And he did not post the video. So the people that follow this congressman did not watch from his feed, did not watch the response. They did not uh, know, they did not know what Mr. Dino said back. So this is the, the same thing with appointing this uh, rookie Bolsonaristas, these rookie far-right lawmakers to the Joint Committee. They are there. It's not exactly uh, to humiliate the administration. They are there to say their things, to record the clips. These clips will be aired on their respective social media. Uh, they, their followers will not hear about the responses, and, and that's it. They're just creating this narrative and, and they're just playing for their own supporters. In the introduction, we mentioned that the government was initially keen on leaving any investigations into January 8th into the hands of the prosecution services and the courts. So, you know, how has that side of the investigation been moving along so far? So this Monday night, the Supreme Court has just finished accepting charges against the first batch of 100 demonstrators in the January 8th riots, and they are now moving uh, to judge and assess charges against 200 more. Uh, the Prosecutor General's office has prosecuted so far, has charged so far, about 1,400 people in connection to the January 8th riots, and the Supreme Court is moving um, in Brazilian terms fast uh, to to accept or to assess these charges, so that these people can can answer for the crimes and and, and they can answer in trial for the crimes. Also, uh, separately, the Justice Ministry uh, conducted uh, an, a report on the importance of the uh, campsite by Putschist demonstrators that was nearby the army's headquarters. And this report has already gone public. And separately, the federal police is conducting Operação Lesa Patria, which just like the car wash investigation several years ago, is an operation in several stages. The operation is still ongoing. And at, at every new stage, they will arrest some people or they will do uh, seizures. Uh, they will uh, capture material and collect evidence. So there has been a lot of uh, investigations on, on official uh, prosecution services in the courts, and they have been uh, finding out a lot of, a lot of things. Additionally, um, the federal police earlier this year, they found the draft of a Putschist decree at the home of former Justice Minister Anderson Torres, who is still in jail. He turned himself in in January. He has been in jail for over three months. And the, the, the federal police and the, the prosecutors are still to find out exactly what was Anderson Torres' 
role in the January 8 riots and the role of the Brasilia security apparatus in allowing uh, the riots to happen. And just to finish off, Sede, would it be fair to say that we're now resigned to months and months of public bickering between the government and the opposition? What does that mean for the country's other pressing issues? I mean, the Lula administration had hoped to pass a tax reform this year, right? Yeah, um, definitely. The, the, the inquiry is not good news for the Lula administration. I understand that they are more now in damage control. Uh, and what they will try to do is similar to the 2021 COVID committee. Um, they will try to rise, uh, to raise awareness of things that are old news, but people have not heard about because the January 8 riots were during uh, vacation just after New Year's Eve. A lot of Brazilians did not know a lot of things uh, about the, this, these riots. Uh, but since it's now going to be in a joint committee and it's going to be on TV every single day, uh, the government will try to raise awareness about things that are old news, but people have not heard about them because people do not pay attention, do not follow politics uh, every single day. I'm more skeptical about this harming the Lula administration's agenda uh, precisely because the committee is small. You've got 16 House members and 16 senators. They have their meetings that are uh, very rigidly scheduled. We know when these um, committee sessions are going to happen. Uh, but this does not pose an obstacle for people to vote on the, on the floor, both the House floor and the Senate floor, uh, important bills. Um, be, precisely because, especially because since the committee is a joint committee, you only, you only got a small fraction of each house working on it. So you still got uh, hundreds of other lawmakers that can take care of the other serious important stuff, such as the fiscal framework and tax reform. Thanks very much, Sede. Insightful as always. Uh, thank you, Ewan, for having me. See you next time. If you like Explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It takes only a second and it will help us reach a wider audience. Or better yet, sign up for The Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. And thanks to our subscribers, we've been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively. And for our work, we have won and been shortlisted for multiple international journalism awards. Most recently, our expose about the rise of hunger in Brazil was selected by the True Story Awards as one of the world's 94 best stories of 2022. And in order to keep doing that work, we need your support. So go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening. Explaining Brazil will be back next week. Thank you.